Oh, hello. Um, my name's Doris, and I've I've just come back from the garden centre, and I saw this podcast, The Science Shed, uh, and I, I thought I would listen to it, but I was wondering whether you could tell me a bit more about what it is. Hi, Doris. Well, welcome to The Science Shed. It's an irreverent ramble through the undergrowth of academia uh, with two uh, academic scientists, me, Stephen Lee, and uh, Nick Evans. What's an academic scientist doing then? Well, we just uh, we work at universities. I work at the University of Cambridge, and, and Nick works at the University of South- Southampton. And um, we just kind of come together once every two weeks to, to kind of discuss interesting things we found that relate to science. Well, I do like science when I see it on the television with that Brian Cox fellow, so I could quite happily listen. Well, I, I, well let's do it, Doris. OK, well, I will. Bunsen, Dolly, Internal, Why Do We Need, Petri, Oscar, Isaac, Transplanting. Nick. Hello, Steve. Another podcast. Wicked. Yeah, how you doing? Oh, not so bad. We haven't seen each other for a while, have we? We haven't. We haven't We we got two podcasts out of one meeting. We did. We've got a little bit of comedy gold left in our lockers. Right. For future podcasts. Just like, just in reserve if we need to. Yeah. Just to deploy at will. Yeah, you know, like, you know, like how the US has like a, this, you know, like a like a arsenal of like 10,000 nuclear warheads or something. We're like that. We but are. In the, but the scientific podcasting equivalent. But more destructive. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so it's good to be here. I've got a lot of interesting things to talk about today. You actually thought about them You've huh? been doing some stuff, haven't you? You've I've been, been away. I've been a lot. I've been away. I was in uh, New York for a couple of days. And then from there, I flew to North Carolina, saw a bear. Um, and then I came back. I'm just about, I've just been in, I was at a conference earlier this week. A bear's I'm, tolerated in North Carolina. There's uh, a lot of them in San Francisco. <laughs> I've got a couple of good friends who are bears. Different, I think a different kind of bear. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, oh, I see. I, yeah, Animal bear. Exactly. Ah, you right. look quite bearish, actually, Steve. Thanks, Nick. Oh, you wouldn't stand a chance if you went to the Castro. I've been to the there Castro you with you. Up. Yeah, but you didn't have a beard then. That's you true, weren't bear-like. Now you're bear-like. They'd make mince meat out of you. How about the North Carolina bear? It was good. Um, we, it was, uh, we just saw it. went to Grandfather Mountain, which is like this big hill in the middle of uh, the middle of nowhere in North Carolina, and just were walking about and saw a bear. Great. It's a good story, huh? Barely believable. <laughs> 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 All right, well, we'll, we'll, well, why don't we get on and chat about it and find out what you're doing in New York? Brill. Steve, do you remember we, we had a conversation not so long ago about um, scientists being strange people? Yeah, we've had that a few times. I've got a story happened to me this week. About about science being strange. But it kind think? of encapsulated the whole thing. Oh, good. Let me tell, let's t- talk about that then. So I was in the, I went, I've got some new, it's the time of the year, October, new research students are starting. Yep, new new, new undergraduate students are starting. New victims. New victims. Mm, yeah, lambs to the slaughter. Exactly. So they, they came. Monkeys. Pardon? Lab monkeys are right. Lab monkeys, yeah. But they're they're more of a they're more of a hindrance than they are of, of actually useful for when they first arrive. They're just breaking stuff and they take ages and they take up other people's time. Uh yeah, but they get useful. They do eventually. And they, yeah. they're, they're worth fun to have in. around. Yeah, absolutely. And I like them. I love all of you guys. <laughs> anyway, so 
uh, we were we were in the lab, and one of my other students was training. Yeah, showing one of the other ones how to do something. Okay, and I went in the lab because I thought I need to supervise yeah. this. Okay, felt responsible. So I was in a lab where, that I don't normally go in a lab. My my lab is in the hospital in Southampton, near the hospital, right. which is about a mile and a half away from the main place where the university is. Okay. And that's where like there's some of the biology labs there. So I was in the labs that I'm not comfortable in. Right. Okay. So you don't know where anything was? D- well, no, I was just sort of hanging around like just a kind of, of, like you know, I might as well have... Do you have a lab coat on? Can I paint the picture? Okay. What, what are these well, labs like? The, the lab coat is kind of part of the okay. story. Okay. All right. Good. <laughs> so generally, just uh, lab coat aside, we uh, uh, do you guys wear a lab coat normally? In the lab, in that one you have to right, and goggles all the time. What what's what kind of lab is it? Uh, it's just a biology lab. Right. Okay. So it's why? over. Look, dude, it's total overkill. Right. But I, I'm not there to make the rules. That's I'm right. I'm there to obey the rules. That's right. Okay. <laughs> so you're there. You're the, okay. So tell me. I disobeyed some of the rules. Anyway, what <laughs> happened was I was in the lab and I was, you know, I was trying to just be, you know, out of the way. Yeah. Just that, you know, genuinely interested, but observing and yeah. making sure that they understood things. I wanted to make sure of that. So these are all the new students? There's just one student, my my other student and me. Yeah. We're training this other student. So you have to put on a lab coat. So I took, they said, you have to get a lab coat off these pegs here. Mm-hmm. And they're all initialed. And I took them off the lab that I'm in, the peg. I thought, anyway. And I was wearing the lab coat. And I had my goggles on, and I was just Nick's ob- looking really sheepish. I was observing, <laughs> I was observing what was going on in the experiment, yeah. and my mind's wandered. So I was standing there with my hands in my pockets, going, "Oh, it's nice. Look at the wall. Yeah. Very clean in here. Oh, look at that. That's an interesting machine. You know, just sort of generally potting." So th- this is this is you imparting your knowledge to the next generation of well, no, my student was doing, and I was making sure he was doing it correctly. Right, okay. <laughs> But while you were doing that, you were multitasking in this I was little just daydream. Sort of, you're daydreaming. Yeah. And I sort of look around at the bench behind me. Yeah. Because in this lab, it's a big, long room. And you may have seen on telly, you've got benches, one after the other. Yeah. All lined up, going up the room, in, off into the distance. Oh, like like in, uh, the horizon. Like in uh, Indiana Jones, when they put <laughs> yeah. the Ark of the Covenant away. Yeah, you know, except a, except a lab. Yeah. And um, yeah, so while we were at one of these benches. And I, I, we were in between two benches. And I sort of looked around me and I noticed this bench. And it was very tidy. And I thought, oh, isn't that a tidy bench? That's very nice. And I looked down and there were some pipettes mm-hmm. underneath the bench, all lined up in little plastic boxes. You know, like you'd have in Ikea. Pipette tips? or No, they were pipettes. The glass so pipettes. You have a long... Um, you can fit 10 millilitres yeah. in it. So, you know, what's that? Two dessert spoons or something. Uh, yeah, I suppose. Something like that. <laughs> ten grams of water. Yeah, yeah. those were ten milliliters. So it's a long, it's a long it's tube. About, it's about the same as like, you know when you get those little sachets of tomato ketchup. It's about that much. But it's a tube, plastic tube, and it fits in an, uh, what we call a gun, which is just a mechanical sucker. Yeah. So, so when people think of, think of think of biologists pipetting like yeah, yeah. brightly coloured fluid from one thing to another. But it's a long, it's it's a long thing. Right. Anyway, I looked around and I saw some of those, and I thought, oh, look at those. <laughs> They're those pipettes, I used those when I was doing my PhD, and I've not seen one since. Right. I haven't seen one since 2003. Oh, look at it, it's pretty. Oh, my memories are flooding back. Right. Look at its little so orange. You were just tip. Rem- reminiscing. I was thinking, look just, at that you're, pipette. You're flying back to you. And I was like, I didn't think they still made them. It's like if you, you know, you were in a in a shop and you saw. I don't know a chocolate bar. Like if you if mm. you're in that period when tap clear or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd be like, oh my god, look at that. It's yeah. like you see a whisper. After yeah. they finish making whispers, you'd be like, oh, oh my God, God, they still make... I've not seen a whisper. Right. 
<laughs> so I had a similar thing when I was in Spain once with Lynx deodorant. Because ah, right. I used to, when I was a t- you know an adolescent, there was something called Lynx Musk. I always Do you remember Lynx Musk? I, I always went for Oriental. That was my Oh, yeah, one. yeah. Well, they, they don't have that anymore. They don't know. But when you what see would that, you do? If I would get really yeah, excited. Yeah. <laughs> so I saw what, like a Lynx. I was like, oh, my God, look at that. Anyway, yeah. so I see this pipette. Yeah. I think, I'll have a closer look at that. Yeah. So I, I take it out and I'm just sort of, I hold it in front of my face and I'm looking at the shape of the pipette and I'm looking at the orangeness of the end. And the manufacturer and thinking, oh, these are superior pipettes to the current <laughs> pipettes. And as I'm doing that, contemplating it in a state of calm, peaceful tranquility, an arm comes in front of my face, and snatches it out of my wow. hand in an angry anger, and I hear this this like that. Wow! Some other dude from the lab has come from behind me and snatched the pipette out of my hand because it's his pipette in his little little ikea box so he so he was being very fastidious he was lining everything up ready for his experiments and you just came over like the oaf you are put your big sweaty <laughs> dirty hand in and ruined his experiments no That's i it. just like it was just in the shelf like not doing anything but i was surprised at the anger that was so direct- who, who was this guy well i, I don't think we need to get into was, that okay but, but i mean it was some other guy in the lab right um who had but he was a PhD student or well, let's was, not go into okay. the details right. but anyway there's some other dude in the lab and I, I wasn't familiar with the lab yeah. and I wasn't familiar with the personalities the but lab. they're a researcher is what you're saying another you're researcher yeah. snatched out my hand and sort of had a go at me Wow. In a kind of sort of, did you, you know, feel, that you kind of, like told you know, that kind of socially incompetent kind of way, <laughs> not kind of looking at you at the eyes, but sort of at your chin <laughs> and your shoulder yeah. and twitching a bit. Yeah. Yeah, I was really. I just went. Oh, you really I said, I'm so. I'm really sorry. <laughs> so my natural reaction wasn't the, be to go. What are you doing? It never is. I was is just it? like, never oh, I'm, I'm was really it what, sorry about it. Was and it you know it? what happened then? Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, sorry. I didn't. You know, it's just a. It's a pet. I yeah. hadn't seen. <laughs> Please, I, sir. Yeah. I'm so and then he went. And he went. And you wearing my. You, you're wearing the wrong lab coat. And I thought. I thought. No, no, I got this lab coat. No. And I was like, no, I got it off the peg. Like, uh-huh. It was off the peg. And he's like, like that. And I just sort of. I thought I'll leave it there. He turned his back to me. Yeah. So I shuffled off and I realised I'd got the lab coat off the wrong peg. <sighs> the initials were similar but not identical. And wow. I'd taken off the wrong peg and I was wearing his student's lab coat. So I was like totally... You know what? I was really... I was shaken up. I bet. Was it one of those things I was that, emotionally... Like- like affected by it afterwards were you like one of those things that like you thought up all of the things you wish you would have said in the moment like but like an hour but like an you know hour too late. in retrospect actually i think my reaction was totally like the right reaction right just because I, yeah, I didn't want to escalate the situation should have, nick should have just detonated i think that i mother- think but i think there's sometimes <laughs> when you have to you have to just accept that other people are nuts Wow, so weird, weird scientists again. Yeah, personality. Yeah. You ever been told off in that manner in a lab? Because um, you're quite a dirty, clumsy person pretty, in the laboratory. I've, I've, do you know what? I haven't broken much. Well, I've, bro- I've broken something spectacularly once. Um, oh, yeah. Was it your PhD student's head? No, it was. It was um, okay. So what, I, I'll paint the picture. So this was when I was an undergrad. No, when I was an undergraduate, I was doing my uh, final year project, so, which was in an inorganic chemistry lab. Uh, so I was doing synthesis. And um, what I was doing is I was car- I was trying to dry something out, and we had it in a desiccator. So a desiccator, if people don't know, is just a big glass jar that you can suck the air out of. Yeah. And so that and dry then, it all and out. then dry it. Dry you can dry it. out your compounds. And but it's, it's like a hairdryer, except more technical. No, no, no. It's really it's a big heavy bit of glass. It's a right? vacuum thingy, is it? Yeah. It's Why a, don't you just use a hairdryer? 
Because well, the hairdryer, like, you don't want to heat it necessarily because you'll do some chemistry if you heat it up. A cold hairdryer. <laughs> a, a cold hairdryer. To like, desiccate something. Yeah. No, I don't, don't want to. Anyway. <laughs> thank, thanks for telling me how to do uh, chemistry. Um, so I'm carrying it along, right? And it's got this kind of like lid, which is kind of really heavy. It probably weighs, I don't know, three or four kilos. Oh, I glass. know these things. Yeah, yeah. I've often and, worried about and they've dropping got like those. And they've got like a, um, they normally have like a wha- uh, like a grease seal yeah, yeah. on top. Yeah, yeah. So I'm carrying it along with my compound in. And and, uh, and it's, so I'm holding it with both hands because I don't want to drop it, right? Because it's really, really heavy. Careful. I'm being careful. Yeah. And uh, the, the top starts to slide off, right? <laughs> And so it's slowly going. But I've got both hands on it and it's heavy enough that you can't really support it with one hand quickly. So it's sliding and I, like in my head I was like, Do you know what do you know what you'll do, Steve? This is this is like as it slides off, I'll like catch it on the insole of my foot like a kind of Brazilian football player. But it weighs like, a sh- it's heavy. Well that's what I thought. So I was like, be, but this is all I can do. I'm in the moment, Nick. I've got what am I gonna do? How am I gonna do damage control? Put it here? down. Stop, stop it snatching. Put it down on the surface. So anyway, it slides off, it drops. I go to like grab it with my foot. What I actually do is just drop kick it <laughs> across the lab and it just hits a wall and smashes into like a million bits. And then I was like, I was just like panicked because, you know, you're young, you, you don't know what's going on. And then I looked over and to my right and there was a PhD student who'd seen the whole thing. But to, from her point of view, all that happened is I just drop kicked a bit of glass across the lab. <laughs> So, Does but, that? Do you get angry about things like that, or do you just take it in your? Spirit? Oh, you got to laugh. Oh my god! It's like when you fall do you, over. Do you ever get really irate um, no, when uh, you think? I get no, frustrated with myself. You know, sometimes. when you're in the house by yourself and something happens, like you do that, you yeah. drop something on the floor. Yeah. Do you ever like go? Fucking you, fucking! Do you ever do that? No, I don't. See, no. I, I'm got a, I've got a certain got personality this, that does that. Yeah, I've got some passion in me. I don't know where it is. I've got some Mediterranean blood. Some people might say passion. I, most of the time, I bury it really Just deeply. Wait so for that a if, massive heart attack. So, so it gives me like yeah. personality problems. But I Good. do that. and I, But I remember it makes me laugh when other people do that. It's no. a kind of Basil Fawlty thing, isn't Absolutely. it? You know, bashing Absolutely. the car with a stick. Well, you get pushed and pushed and pushed and then you break. <laughs> so there was a moment. So I was working in this... Um, new lab when I was at Imperial College in London working as a postdoc and I was in this room but all of the rooms had quite thin walls okay and because of the air conditioning the ceiling you know once you get to the top of a wall mm-hmm. it's just empty space to the next room right 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 so they're not so really walls they're just kind of dividers yes yeah, so you get this in... false sense of privacy <laughs> <laughs> so everyone can hear you but you think they can't so I was in this one lab and this guy who I won't name was in one of the other other labs and um, I don't know what he was doing he was like a chemistry dude and I was a biologist dude but I was just pootling around I don't know fishing some cells out of the nitrogen or something and I heard this sort of clatter (laughs) from the next room and there was this one person dialogue that started oh oh well that's just great oh yeah great that is just fantastic oh yeah you brilliant oh yeah great Great, great, like that. So I was just sitting there, sort of like laughing to myself. Yeah. But I thought he might be with someone, so I went down the quick loop by himself. Just, just totally just talking to just himself. like right, well. having a conversation with like a it's, retort stand. It's or not, something. yeah, it's not probably not a good thing that people in that environment, when they're surrounded by lots of explosive <laughs> materials, can come that way. Anyway, oh, there you go. Good. Nick. Hey, Steve. How you doing? I'm all right. I feel a bit refreshed after that cuppa. You've had a cuppa. That's good, isn't it? Served from a teacup by Eileen Gentleman. It's really quite a posh teacup, wasn't King's it? College. I was a bit worried I was going to break it. 
it was a posh teacup. She likes nice things, Eileen. She right. once bought me. She came to visit my house yeah. with her husband Holger, and they bought me a fantastic set of four egg cups. Wow! In the various different animals, there's like I an otter. <laughs> it's an otter with a divot taken out of its head where you put the egg, egg in, right? And there's a duck, and a couple of other ones. I can't remember what they were. Similar kind of friendly. Um, animals of the English hedgerows. Right. That sort of thing. The thing that posh people would like to I shoot. I use them as well. You? You yeah, actually use them. put an egg cup in. I once bought an egg put cup an egg in. in Menlo Park when we lived in America. Why did you do that, Steve? And they asked me They asked me what I was going to use it for. <laughs> <laughs> was it called an egg cup in the it, it was like a kind of, cla- like a like a, the canonical example of an egg cup. <laughs> it wasn't a novelty egg cup. There was no badger. It was just literally, it's I was like, like, it looked like, a, as you'd imagine in your mind, an egg so cup. So I'm and imagining I went like to, a sort of slight stem and then a cup exactly. at the end. White porcelain, you know, and I went to the thing and we needed, and I needed an egg cup and I went and I paid for it. And the person like looked at it and then looked at me and went, what are you going to use that for? <laughs> Did you ask? Did you answer in a kind of, um, you know, in a way which I, would I, I was a little bit up. You know, when you get like a bit, bit. No, no, it wasn't. I was kind you of say. I think I would most likely <laughs> boil an egg in it, as it is called an egg cup. I was a bit defensive, you know, like sometimes when you like. Hey, what are you saying? What are you saying? <laughs> hey, no, 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 I'm gonna put, put an egg in it. I could, I'm not cooking meth. <laughs> exactly. Um, what are you gonna use it for? Yeah, it's weird. Anyway, it reminds um, me when I bought bloody. Um, what they call Sudafed. I bought some Sudafed in America. Oh, because it's got Sudafed in it. People, bought Sudafed. People make. That's what it is. Yeah, I bought yeah. some Sudafed. And then they wanted my name and my address. Because, yeah, people And you can only sell your packet because they cook meth using yeah. Sudafed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't matter that in England. Why don't we have a meth problem in England? People don't have meth. We're too busy getting drunk, I think. Is that what it is? I reckon, yeah. But um, you can get drunk in America as well. Not, not as easily. It's less pleasurable, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Piss. And people, and just culturally, it's not as acceptable. It's much easier to be a crackhead. A meth head. head. <laughs> <laughs> than to have a beer outside in a park. Ah, oh, that's true, isn't it? They don't let you yeah. drink outside. God. So I was in New York. And they've elected Trump. I know. I was, idiots. Eileen, you come from a race of idiots. But, but thanks for the cup of tea, Eileen. So I was, I was in the land Delicious of the free tea. the other week, right? I was in Did New you? York. And uh, a couple of things happened. I was just wanting to get your, your opinion on it. Oh, I'm interested. So they're kind of science-related. So I was there for a science reason. Um, and we were visiting some of our funders. Um, and But anyway, two things happened to me. So one is that I, I Who realized... Who funders? You weren't in Trump Tower, were you? Weren't in Trump Tower. But, but it was at the <laughs> um, World Trade Center. So the meeting was at... Yeah, um, it's not far away, then. ...was at um, uh, the National Academy of Sciences in oh, New York, which oh, is number cool. seven World Trade Center, is which is really? like the little one next Oh, next I didn't know that's where it was. Yeah, it's incredible, credible building. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so they, they do, I think, uh, apparently they sell this in the UK, right? But I was at the airport, I'm going through, I was late, as I'm yeah, always late. Yeah, yeah. Buy a bottle of water, and they bought, I bought smart water. <sighs> What's annoying me? What is, what the, yeah. what is, so it's the only water so they had, distilled, like, is that distilled water? It's, well, this is what so I wrote. I wrote this down because I was like, "Oh, nickel like this, right?" So it says, "Vapor distilled water with added electrolytes for taste." Vapor distilled water. I was like, "How can you distill water from any other?" And then they state add electrolytes. So you boil. Well, there's a reason because if you didn't add electrolytes, it would kill you. Because <laughs> basically, you'd just be drinking deionized water. That's fine. You that's not going to kill you drinking deionized water. Of course, it water. will. Well, it's going to take all of the minerals out out of your body. Dude, no, it would not. Totally you would. Di- deionized water will not kill you. Well, like depends on what you drink of it. Obviously. Well, if you drank like a gallons well, and gallons I, I of it, you might liter. get. 
you, dude, you will not die from drinking distilled water. So tell me what happens to the position of equilibrium when you when you take all of the. Well, number one, there's hardly in normal water. There's hardly any solutes in it. The molarity it, of it your, is vanishingly in, small in your body. So it's milligrams per liter, right? It's typically the, the the amount of like magnesium or calcium or something. So compared with, let's say, Lucozade Sport, yeah, like water is infinitesimal amounts of dissolved solutes. Sure. In it. And so, so and what, then the relative the relative it dissolves stuff really well. If you take ions out of water, so does normal water. What not as well as DI water? Yeah, but very very small amount more. No, it's no completely not D- true. Deionized water is not going to have any effect. I would gladly happily drink. Several pints of water straight from our 8.2 mega ohm resistive water. The more you, the more you take ions out of water, the more it wants to dissolve it. That's what equilibrium. Yeah, but that's not going to hurt you. So all of the con- all all of the think about all of the minerals you have in your body. What's going to happen? You when think you have they're water? suddenly going to vanish into that's your ex- that's exactly into your body. That was, that's exactly what will yeah, happen. But you you're imagining you're drinking mineral de- you you're drinking distilled water for like. D- two weeks not having anything else. That, if you drank normal water, that would not be very good for you. Um, I, yeah, I don't get your point. But anyway, so... <laughs> Steve's got haughty now. He's in a mood. <laughs> I can tell. He's laughing nervously. Um, so yeah, so, so vapour distilled water. So I, was like, I was like, that's going <laughs> to annoy Nick. I hadn't seen it. Apparently it exists in the UK, but i never seen so it. So they boil it and then they put some solutes back in it. Yeah, they put, some, they put some calcium and some magnesium back in. Well, that's that's moderately annoying. <laughs> More annoying is your ignorance. It's not ignorance. <laughs> it's your ignorance of equilibria. <laughs> right, Steve, let's go outside and have a fight. <laughs> anyway, the other thing that happened okay. um, was, I noticed I was on the aeroplane. Right. Like, you know, I'll paint the scene. So I'm on the aeroplane, just had, just had a glass of wine. Which like, airplane are you on? Uh, Virgin Atlantic. Ooh, yeah. the disco flight. The disco flight. They're quite funky, aren't they? Virgin. <laughs> really? Well, they're kind of more youthful than British Airways. I don't. I think that's. They're funky. They've got funky cartoons. They have got funky. They cartoons, have funky yeah. music. That's get, true. Get some funky music. Um, Everything. The air hostesses are more down with the kids. You reckon? It's a bit gangster. They use little bit. street terms. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like Club eighteen thirty compared okay. to British Airways. Virgin is. All right, so I'm on Virgin. I like Virgin, by the way. Yeah. And some of us came in. Oh, uh, we've got some visitors yeah. coming in the room. Um, uh, so I'm on Virgin, and uh, I'm, I've, so I've had a glass of wine, had something to eat, and I thought, I did a bit of work, and I was like, oh, I'll watch a movie, right? Right. And I've realised that the past couple of times on, I'm on, I've been on an aeroplane, I get like a little bit like emotional in a way that I don't normally, you know normally I'm dead about, inside. Steve? So I had a little, I had a little, little moment. What were you watching? I can't even remember. Don't lie to me. I saw so before. What were you so watching? On a previous flight, I'll tell you, I watched Inside Out. Did I, that make you cry? And I got a bit emotional. Inside Out isn't that like the BBC it's magazine dis- show, no, local it's news? It's Disney. It's a Pixar movie. Right? <laughs> and you were crying to a Pixar movie. And then I did it again. So I'm like, I wonder, is that a thing about low pressure? That likes makes people like emotional in some way because I'm pretty dead inside most of the time. You'll you'll testify yeah, to that. Like I'm pretty emotionless. Cold. A bit cold. And but 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 twice now I've done the experiment twice. I've been a little emotional on planes. See, I'm I get emotional anyway. I watched I watched a film called The Straight Story recently. You ever seen no, that? I haven't, oh, no. it makes me cry every time. It's great. <laughs> Blub it's like a David a Lynch film about right. a guy who travels across America driving a lawnmower. Right. To visit his brother who's dying. Right. Oh, it's very. Moving. I'd love. To, I'd love. That's exactly. You'd enjoy the it. I, I Not a lot happens. Oh, I like those movies. And then. I've talked before on the podcast about how the end of Babe the Sheep Pig makes me cry. <laughs> I think the context true. was making a major discovery. Everyone doubted you. Everyone, everyone doubted, doubted that pig. pig. 
And then the other thing which I cried to at the weekend, I watched, oh my God, and I'm really ashamed about this, Steve. Yeah. I watched Miss Potter. I don't know what that is. Rennie Zellweger film about Beatrix Potter. Right, is it awful? I had a little weep. I didn't think it was awful. So, so we need to do I a control experiment. Nice need, next time you're on an aeroplane, you should like watch something that's deliberately like a moving. bit, like, a bit m- moving, yeah, and then see if see if you have a little weep. Terminator or Genesis, or whatever the last one's called. <laughs> Don't. It's so sad, Nick. <laughs> I did um, actually watch that film on a plane, uh, mainly because I wanted to see the Amelia Clark bit when she took her clothes off to get in the special time machine. It's always <laughs> in the gutter with you, isn't it? It's always in the gutter. <laughs> Is in the Journal of Physics Special Topics. If you remember, we've oh, had, we've had we've had another. This is the one second, of my favourite journals, the, the, the Batman. Yeah, uh, did journal. you get in t- contact with them? No, I haven't. Oh, you've anything. got him, man. What's, what should we say? Just say we look. We, we, we love like it. your we journal. It. We've chatted about it. Oh, the journal. You don't mean the authors of the paper, oh, the I Batman paper. Both. Yeah. Um, so the journal for people like that may not have listened to all of the science shed. What are you doing? Go back and listen to all the other episodes of the science shed. Yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, there was a previous one, a previous uh, article we had by the, from the Journal of Physics Special Topics. And what this is, is this is a, a, a kind of pseudo journal made by uh, Leicester University for final year undergraduate physicists as a way of teaching them. Uh, how to do, uh, how to write in a scientific manner, but sure. they get them to to pick silly things, right, mm-hmm. and actually apply kind of logic and, and and physics to it. And last time, the one worked out the probability of whether you could use uh, Batman's cape to glide off a building. That was fun. The answer is like, no, by the way. Yeah, Batman's descent is rapid. If you remember, <laughs> um, this one is called Superman reverses the polarity of the Earth's spin. Oh my god! Right, so I can read you the abstract. So it's a running theme with your superheroes. Here. Well, Batman. And I Superman. think that's a great thing place to apply physics. So, so let I me read you the abstract. That. I remember that scene. So just the, the, so there's a scene. I think it's in Superman One, 1978, yeah. when Lois 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 Lois. I can't remember. She gets in an earthquake and her car gets squashed in the ground. Superman's absolutely mortified. So, to rewind time, because everyone knows if the Earth spins the other way, way, time goes backwards. Yeah, he he flew really fast the wrong way around the Earth. It turned around, time went backwards, and she was alive again. Is it possible, Steve? Well, (laughs) so there's three people here, and I feel like we should read out their names because they so BS uh, Seema. Uh, B.M. Lloyd, N. Wall, and uh, K. Tassenberg. They all mm-hmm. did this for their um, uh, research. Uh, I'll read you the article. It says, The article below describes how fast Superman would have to travel around the Earth's equator in order to cause the Earth to completely reverse its direction of spin in 50 seconds. You know what? This is great because I'm immediately... <laughs> my first my first impression is, oh, it's stupid. It's obviously there's no speed he can fly at. To no, reverse the Earth's that's not true. Okay. So... Uh, well, uh, um, uh, as was done in the 1978 film, Superman's relativistic mass uh, was required to be at least 13.7 million times his normal mass, and he needed to be traveling very close to the speed of light in order to attain it. Uh, Superman's gravitational field is enough to attract near-Earth objects towards uh, falling towards him and uh, him and the Earth. So, uh, so what they do is there's a very famous equation written by um, uh, Einstein that says that your that the your the, your speed uh, is uh, inverse. Sorry, that the speed of light um, is sorry that the your velocity. What are you talking about? Oh, God, the gamma factor, the time dilation is 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 related to how 
uh, faster traveling, right? So this is uh, general relativity. Um, or specific relativity, I should say. Um, What's this got to do with him spinning around and attracting the Earth's pull then? Because the faster you go, because it's, so they're so they're saying that. Sorry, a minute. To start with, yeah. Superman is one hundred and thirty-seven times fatter than he would otherwise be. <laughs> is that what we're saying? Uh, one hundred and thirty-seven. I thought that's what you said. One hundred thirteen point seven million. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So it says in the film, I've Superman flies around the Earth just uh, uh, just outside the atmosphere. This not only means he does not experience any drag from the atmosphere, so that Superman does not ionize the atmosphere, as well as assuming that he does not damage uh, uh, he, he's not damaged in outer space and does not gain charge. Now, the mechanism Superman uses to transfer inertia to the planet to the planet will not be investigated in this paper. Uh, and since the the purpose is uh, to find the required inertia and minimum velocity Superman has to fly at. So basically, they're saying is that that is that you he's got to transfer that energy um, that the Earth has, has some inertia because it's rotating and it's heavy, and he's got to counteract that by fly by by coupling uh, that that energy, um, but going the other way. So yeah, but I still don't really understand what, how that's going to happen. So what you're saying is he he gravitationally attracts the surface of the Earth to tug it the other way. It's like a tidal exactly. force. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he exerts a tidal force on the surface of the Earth. Yeah, and that slows it down and reverses it. So that takes energy away from the momentum. Exactly. Oh right, okay. He'd probably get like, well, number one, he'd get quite dizzy. Yeah. Number two, there'd be quite a lot of sort of acceleration force. (laughs) Yeah, they do talk about that. So they say modeling Superman as a point mass of 107 kilograms, and then there's a reference to reference one, which is apparently Clark Kent's the actor that played uh, Clark Kent's um, weight at that time. uh, a distance of 100 kilometers just outside the Earth's atmosphere off the surface of the Earth and setting the resultant angular momentum to the negative of Earth so that the angular momentum provided by Superman is twice the Earth. He causes the entire reversal of spin. Oh, my goodness. So, so he'd have to, just to, so you, to summarize at the start, but yeah. to start with, he'd have to be 3.7 million times heavier than he actually 13 is. 13 million times, yeah. 13 million times heavier. So would he, how heavy would he be in comparison with the Earth? Uh, so they work it out. Um, so the uh, uh, you, put well, don't, don't, no. yeah. well, don't worry about it. But but, it would be very heavy. Yeah. And also, he would have to go at like 0.9 times the speed of light or something like that. Uh, he goes very... Yeah, I find that exactly. Um, yeah, they have to say you have to worry about the moon as well because the moon gets pulled in if he goes that fast. Oh, well, yeah, that yeah. is a problem. Um, but the conclusions, he said, in order to achieve the feat of completely reversing the polarity of the spin... Superman had to increase his mass 13.7 million times by traveling extremely close to the speed of light. And whilst there is no danger of the moon being significantly infected by Superman, near-Earth objects will, however, be pulled towards the Earth. Hmm. Should the transfer of momentum only be limited to the Earth itself and not the atmosphere, heavy winds on Earth will uh, will be as a consequence uh, of the, there will be heavy winds as a consequence of the rapid change in Earth's rotation and Christ. the scale of the winds, almost three times the speed of sound. Uh, will cause pressure changes too. However, the inertia transfer mechanic itself needs to be investigated in order to determine oh the exact God. case. I think my my feeling is that it would be a Nash, it would be a it would be a global catastrophe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Worse um, than global war. Well, actually, say will most likely cause extinction. Oh my God, Superman! So do not try this, Superman. At home. I don't like you anymore. Shit!
Come on, Steve. Bunsen. Burner. Dolly. Machine. Internal. Combustion. Why do we need? Patrick. Oscar. Bay. Isaac. Newton. Transplanting. Oh, Steve, that's the end of another one, isn't it? That's right. It's, all oh, it's a shame when that happens, but hey-o. Don't worry, there's always next time. There is. I think we've got loads of good things, juicy things happening over the next two weeks. Yeah, I mean, if people uh, like uh, the Science Shed and they want to hear more, they should uh, uh, interact with us with social media. Uh, we're uh, um, on Twitter. We're also uh, on SoundCloud. And we're on YouTube now. And we're on YouTube. We've got a YouTube channel. <laughs> uh, so, so you can see Steve's big stupid head. Thanks, Nick. Well, I think that's a beautiful way to end the podcast with people thinking about my big stupid head. Okay, bye.